Okay, today uh, we will uh, finish up the series Heaven and Hell. Heaven and Hell. The key text is Revelation 20, beginning at verse 11. I'll read 12 also, then we'll skip to 15. Then I saw a great white throne with him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. Isn't that an awesome God? That the earth and heaven doesn't even have room when he shows up in his throne, when his throne is revealed. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. I don't care how much money one has. I don't care how much prestige, how much fame. They will stand before the throne of God, great and small. The book and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. We don't want our worst enemy to be thrown into the lake of of fire, do we? Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to look at the books of heaven. The books of heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here. Lord, if, if... we could only see what you've already done. Now, we, we have knowledge through Christ, but, Lord, we can't even understand your love for us, how great that is. If we could only see how you long by your Spirit to bless your people, how you long for us to walk in the things that you've already prepared for us. And, Lord, I know you're... It grieves you to see us burdened by the things of the enemy. It bothers you to see us believe him over you. And today, would you give revelation to your people? Give us eyes to see you and all the great things you have for us. And we'll be able to tell the devil no. And we thank you for it. Lord, speak to our hearts. Church, would you pray it with me? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Our key text reads that during judgment, other books will be opened other than the book of life. We understand the book of life and we'll talk about it, but then there are some other books. And I've found scriptural references for five other books. Now, full disclosure, they may not be separate, but they are referenced. And I don't know if God has one. We know it's another book other than the book of life, and maybe there's a volume of of four in it. I am really not sure, but the Bible says, we read it, that there are books, and I found references for five, and you're not going to believe how wonderful they are for the child of God. So before we look at those, what should we learn about God having books? What should we learn from the books of heaven? What should we take note? 
The first thing is this, God keeps records. Now, before you say, oh, no, <laughs> before you say, oh, you can hang it up for me then. No, you're a child. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and you have made him the Lord of your life, you don't have to be concerned about what is recorded in those books. If you're following after the Spirit of God, he's going to make sure you're living out the will of God and you can rejoice because your name is written in these books and there's records. God keeps good records. He does, you're not overlooked. He understands where you are today. You don't have a God that's aloof that you can't be reached. You don't have to go rub a fat statue and beg for him to do something for you. God is a good God, and he loves you more than you can understand, and he's keeping good records. There's comfort in that. Look at what verse, uh, Psalms 147 says. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Look at verse 4 says something almost completely different, but it's, he's trying to make a point, I believe. He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. So I think he gave us verse 4 for us to understand verse 3, that if he knows the stars in heaven and cares for them, and he knows exactly every one of them and knows their name, look at verse 3 again. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. If he cares for the stars in heaven, knows their name, he knows your name, and he knows what you're going through. He wants to heal your broken heart. That's our Lord. That's our gracious God. I know it's hard for us to understand that he is the God of all. He sits on this mighty throne, but yet he is concerned and cares about us. The psalmist said, what is man that you're mindful of him? I mean, we, 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 we don't even like ourselves sometimes, don't we? But God loves us and he cares. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 10. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. You have more value than many sparrows. That's the God that keeps records. I know in this house, I, I as a pastor, I walk around just looking. I, sometimes during the, the uh, meet and greet time, uh, I like to stand back because I want to make sure everybody gets greeted. I want to make sure. I, I, I watch. I watch you. Uh, don't be creeped out about that. I do it as, a, as from a thankful heart. I've, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a precious couple that, not, I don't watch everybody that gives. Don't be worried, okay? But I saw them take their offering envelope, and they stood in the back, and they prayed together before they put it in. I understand in this church, we have people that are taking care of your kids this morning, and they buy stuff out of their pocket to bless the children of the house. God 
I, I, I see that, and it makes me feel good. But God keeps every record. He sees what you do in secret. He knows. He knows the sacrifices you have made. He knows the things that you do that nobody else notices. And even sometimes you may do something that somebody else may even criticize it. They don't even know anything about what it took you to do. God keeps good records. Aren't you glad? Now, number two, we, we have to be aware the reason why God keeps records. Number two, God does require accountability. He does require us to be accountable. He's blessed us, and he expects us to do something with what he's given us. I just read in my reading, I think it was this morning, a text that almost made me not want to get up and preach in James chapter 3 that says, you who were teachers, you shouldn't really desire to be a teacher because you're more accountable. And I read verses like that and I think, oh man, I don't, I don't even want to get up there. <laughs> God expects us to be faithful. The good news is it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. His spirit gives us what we need to do the things that God wants us to do. Yeah, God does expect us to be faithful, but we are just faithful. We're able to do it when we're following the Spirit of God. Isn't that a good deal? And as we're doing that, we're able to do amazing things for the Lord, build His kingdom, see people saved. It's wonderful. Hebrews does say no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. There's a day that comes that we will give an account for what we did with what God gave us. The third reason, the third thing we should learn from the books of heaven is this, and this sums it up, God wants to reward. God wants to reward you. He desires to reward your faithfulness. Had the privilege, we had a family reunion this last week, and I've referenced a lot of times that uh, the cousin that I grew up with, uh, we we're more like brothers, we were always together, and we, we got in trouble together, and we served the Lord together. And I'm so thankful I had a chance to be around his daughter, his son was there also, and but his oldest is his daughter, and to hear she's at the ramp, second year at ramp, man, going after God, hearing these deep things from her that the Lord is doing, and then I think about my own son, and I'm telling you, that is a greater blessing than anything the world has to offer. And I'm telling you, if you just follow the Lord, you may not see the results that you think you should have. Things may not happen as quick as you think. Sometimes being faithful to the Lord, you seem overlooked. God keeps good records, and he wants to reward you. And the reward that you think you should have gotten, maybe he's just saving it up to double for your kids. I'm telling you, God wants to bless his people, and he wants to bless your kids. I'm sorry I'm pointing my finger so much. I just feel a little authority from the, the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3 says, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it. 
because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work survives, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a word. Did I miss something in verse 13? I don't even know where I'm at in my own notes. So, um, yeah, it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. God wants to reward you. Now, I know some would say, I just want to make it to heaven. I don't even care about any rewards. Well, give me yours. I'm going to be there a long time. I don't, I, I don't want to be broke in heaven. I want that blessings, amen, don't you? <laughs> amen. If God says you can have it and you can lay up treasures, why would you not want it? Sometimes we say things like that to excuse our spiritual laziness on earth. I thought I saw somebody's arm draw back, draw back, finna throw something. Man, don't we want all that God has prepared for us? Eternity is going to be a long time. And man, God wants to reward you. Man, do follow the Lord. Lay up treasures in heaven and believe for your spiritual blessings. Amen? Amen. All right, now let's look at the five books of heaven. The five books of heaven. Uh the first one we named in our opening text, the first one is the book of life. I'll read the key text again. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Aren't you thankful? If you have received Christ, your name is written in the book of life. It's also referred to as the, as the Lamb's Book of Life because Jesus is the author. <laughs> Revelation 21 says it, but nothing unclean will ever enter in nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Aren't you glad if you've received Christ that your name has been recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's called the Book of Life because when you receive Christ, you receive life. You only, we only thought we were living beforehand, didn't we? Man, and when we gave our life to Christ, we, we began to live. We began to live an abundant life in Him. It's an abundant life. The book lists all of the children of God. The book lists the heirs of God. It's not going to be a surprise. You either know it or when you stand before God, if Christians should have to stand before the great white throne. Remember I told you I'm really not sure. But if we do, it's going to be a formality. We're going to stand there rejoicing. We're going to stand there like, like, man, you're waiting for the teacher to acknowledge you made 100 on the test. You already know, but everybody else don't know. And the teacher, you know how they drag it out? Someone made 100 on this test. How many of y'all were in the class like that? Yeah, yeah. And the teacher already letting you know. But everybody else failed this test. But one made 100. And you're like, yeah, it was me. 
It's going to be a formality. You're going to know your name is written. You're going to know if your name is not written already. And I want to make sure my name is written. It is written. And when I stand in that line, there's no going to be no concern. It's possible. The scripture refers, uh, gives us a couple of scriptures that your name can be blotted out of that book. And that's what we do not want. Jesus said in Revelation 3, talking about those who need to repent to the church of Sardis, he says this, remember then what you have received and heard, keep it and repent. Repentance is so important to the Christian walk. You will have to repent many times. And remember what we've talked about here, there's no shame in repentance. It means God is loving you and showing you something that is keeping you from being closer to him. So we repent. We receive God's correction. And we say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm coming after you. There's no shame in repentance. If you don't repent, you are not going to make it. Because you're going to mess up all the time. We repent. He says, Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis. This, he's speaking to the church of Sardis. People who have not soiled their garments, and they walk with me in white, for they are worthy. It's not their worthiness. It's not what they did other than walking with the Lord Verse 5, it says, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. So in context, he's saying, follow after me. Keep yourself following the Lord. Not that you can make yourself righteous, but you just follow in a relationship. Repent when you need to repent. But he alludes to the fact, they will. I will never blot their names out, but the other ones I could. Look at Exodus 32. The Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now again, if your heart is pointed toward God, you've given your will to God, and you are a Christian, that doesn't mean you just attend church. That just doesn't mean you wear a Christian t-shirt. That means you are Christ-like, a follower of Christ. You have this, a relationship with Jesus. You are obeying the Holy Spirit. You are obeying what God tells you to do. You don't have to worry about judgment. Your name is written in, and you don't have to worry about making one mistake and your name being blotted out. Your name is there, but you must follow after Christ. Amen? It always gets quiet during that time, I understand. The five books, the second book is this, the book of deeds. The book of deeds, Revelation 20, again, verse 12, it says, The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. This is what Daniel saw in a vision. Daniel 7 says this, As I looked, thrones were placed, <laughs> and the Ancient of Days took his seat. 
His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, his, its wheels with burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. Look at this. A thousand thousands served him. We're going to be one of those number. A, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. This is the great white throne judgment. The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. The book of deeds, it may be called by something else in heaven, but it contains every deed, good and bad, that we have done. Now, those who have given their lives to Christ, thankfully, we will not be judged for those bad sins, those bad deeds, because we are forgiven. Amen? And it's so good to be forgiven. I don't know about you, but I had quite a few things in that book beforehand. And God wore out his eraser. I think he probably had to go through a couple of them when the blood was applied to my life. Come on. Did anybody else, you know what I'm saying? And those bad deeds, he is forgiven. But now we will be judged for our service unto the Lord, for our works. Second Corinthians says it like this, For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now I don't know about you, but that evil word sort of trips me up a little bit. Uh, what could that be? If my sins are forgiven, what could I have done that has been evil? Well, we know in Scripture that the Bible says spiritual laziness is e evil. Just go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, oh, no. Worry and fear is a form of evil. Doing those things that we should have done but we just didn't do is being disobedient. Now, how does God judge all of that out? I don't know. He does. I'm glad he's the judge. And he judges us, our works, the motives, we've talked about that, of our heart. I don't understand that, but I do know that we need to do, uh, we need to be faithful servants. The Bible says he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But he's only going to say that to the good and faithful servants. I'm not, I'm just trying to tell you, don't be that kind of person where God says, you just made it by the skin of your teeth. Gone. You know what gone means, don't you? In other words, get out of my sight. Man, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in your master's, receive of your master's happiness. Amen? Man, let's do that. Let's don't, let's don't just try to do as little as we can here just thinking, well, I'm going to go to heaven. Man, you better pursue Jesus with everything. Paul said, I, I do it as one to receive a reward. I run with perseverance. Let's do it, church. Amen? Some folks trying to calculate how much, how much they just got to do just to get into heaven. And I'm thankful Jesus has done it all for us. But don't be that person. In Jude, it talks about that there will be those that make it to heaven 
as escaping through the flames. Let us not be that person. Man, let's be the one that has treasures in heaven, that has people in heaven, amen, that the Lord use us to send there. Okay, let me move on. The third book is this, the book of the living. The book of the living. David, David sure makes me feel better. This is what David says about his enemy. He says, Lord, let them be blotted out of the book of the living. In other words, kill them, God. <laughs> Destroy them. He says, let them not be enrolled among the righteous. Don't even let them be saved. <laughs> Psalms 139, look at what the psalmist says. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. So when does life begin? Life begins when God breathes and that there is a, a life form there. It may not even be a baby. It may not be a fetus. But there's life. There's a heartbeat. That's when life begins. All the days ordained for me were written in your books before one of them came to be. That God has already recorded each day of your life on this earth. He already knows the number of your days. As a matter of fact, Psalm says this, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So let me break it down for us. Since I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow or not, let me go ahead and take care of business today. Let me quit putting off what God has already told me to do let me quit playing this game with this sin. And since I don't know if I'll have another heartbeat, let me make sure. That's my translation. These books, this book of our days may, oh, I don't know why that's on there. Is that verse three? I think that's my statement. Yeah, we won't count that as scripture. <laughs> let us teach the number of our days that we may Get a heart of wisdom. Okay, verse. Uh, let me look at Ephesians uh, 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Look at this. I believe this, this book. Is this okay? Y'all okay? All right, I just want to make sure. I, I can't tell if you're liking this or not. But This book, I believe, will also record what God has planned for us. Not just the days you are to live, but what. God has already had plans that he has for you, works that he has for you to do. That this day you will meet this person and you are expected to witness to that. I believe God has it recorded. Look at it. Uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man, I want to be faithful with every day that God has given me. I find myself more and more, saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? At this family reunion, I asked the Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Man, how much better off would we be if we, as God's children, full of the very presence of God, 
if we woke up in the morning, Monday morning, and say, what do you want to do today, Holy Spirit? See, the more we are aware of him, the more we will see him work. He's got plans for you as his child. Let's just lean into them and say, God, I want to be used by you. I don't know if I'll have Tuesday. Let me make sure I do what you want me to do on Monday. That we should walk in that. The fourth book is this, the book of tears. And I really believe this is where the Lord is going to encourage someone. You've been downcast, thinking you've been overlooked, even by the Lord. And look at what this word says, Psalms 56. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That God loves you so much that he understands you so much. He's so attentive to you that he has seen every tear you have shed. And he has recorded the reason why those tears were shed. He knows you. You're not hidden from him. He loves you. He's seen you cry in the midnight hour because the hurt was so deep. And you do your best to keep it bottled up because you want to be strong. Your God knows. You remember, we go back to the text I read just a moment ago. He heals the brokenhearted. He understands what you're going through. Now, he will help you to heal you. Can I give just a little side note here? I got. I know I'm fixing around out of time. But as God is working in you, don't keep a victim mentality. I see that happen so many times in the body of Christ where God is trying to heal us and pull us along, but we find it more comfortable to stay in a wounded state. Because if we stay in the wounded state, we're excusing ourselves from walking in the authority that God has. How, how many of you understand God's authority is uncomfortable at times? God's walking in what God has for you, even his victory requires some action on your part. So don't stay in this victim state when God wants to heal you and move you. I, look, I'm not going to say who this is today, but... I saw someone today in this house that I really believe this word is for. That it's time to walk in what God has for you. Don't stay in that downcast state. I think that's the reason why that word keeps coming up. You let God heal you, and man, shine for Jesus. Amen. Would you stand up? Let me give you the last one. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. I feel the Lord stirring. Thank you, Jesus. Would you bow your head just for a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you. You are aware of our hearts. 
you know, what God wants to do, he wants to heal your hurt so you can use your hurt to heal someone else that you can minister to. And man, but Satan loves to pick that scab off, don't it, to keep you hurt. But man, I'm, I'm believing today you're going to get so free from that. I have, I have scars from surgery. And one of the things I realized, I got scars from being ignorant as a child too. <laughs> and one of the things that you realize about a scar is that it depends on how you look at it. You can look at that scar and say, man, that was tough. I don't know why that happened to me. You can look at it a very negative thing, but you also can look at that scar and say, look it, God brought me through that. And if you know about a scar, if you have one, I'm sure most of us do, don't you notice that the skin on the scar is tougher than the other skin? And you can say, Lord, look at what you've done now. And uh, I am better. I'm tougher than what I used to be. Yeah, the devil did that one time, but I ain't going to work no more. Jesus has healed me. I want to pray for every person here. Would you bow your head? Lord, would you heal those hurts today? Heal those hurts. Heal those hurts. I know you want to today, and I thank you for that. Heal them. You're going to raise them up to be ministers before you, Lord. Not necessarily from the pulpit, but from the hurting. You will heal them. You'll give them beautiful scars that they can show to someone else and say, but look at what God did for me. Did you know that Jesus still has the wounds of his nail prints in heaven? Thank you. I believe he shows the devil. When the devil comes to accuse me and you, all he has to do is lift up a hand and show the price that was paid for us. Come on. The Lord wants to heal you today. Jesus. Jesus, heal. Jesus, heal. Thank you. Reveal yourself. Lord God, you know what needs to happen there. And I believe you're bringing healing. I ask the Lord to give you complete healing. Give you complete healing. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let me give you the last one. And it's called the book of remembrance. Some of us would forget where we replaced our book of remembrance, won't we? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> it won't do me good to have how many man I am having to write down more and more stuff in my notes if you look at my office there's sticky notes all over man those sticky notes have saved my life the Lord doesn't need sticky notes but he's got a book of remembrance look at Malachi it says then those saints of God, I want you to really pay attention. Look at this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. Let's be very careful what we're sharing, ain't it? And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. 
God remembers, God rewards faithfulness. Cornelius was the first Gentile who received salvation. And I believe in Acts that tells us the reason why. Not only he, he, he received salvation, many of his whole house was saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost, I mean, as a Gentile. The Lord decided to reveal himself to him. And you know why? Acts says that a devout man who feared God with all of his household, let me get that next text, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come to him and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. He has even hadn't received Christ yet. But he was a devout man, wanted to know what was right, wanted to know how to please God. And he prayed and he gave. He feared God. He was a devout man. And God kept a record. It was a memorial. I believe he was in the book of remembrance. And the Lord supernaturally sent Peter to his house and he received salvation. He, his family, received salvation receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My friend, that's what we want, man, for every one of us. So how do we do it? We want to be in the book of remembrance. Like Cornelius, he, he feared God. He was a man who feared God, a devout man, a praying man, and a giving man. And God remembered. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you. If you are a child of God, you have the Spirit of God in you, you're walking after the Lord, you can have comfort that he has your name written in every one of these books. Aren't you thankful that your name is written in every one of his books? I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Bow your head, please. Thank you, Jesus. Let's make sure our name is written in the book of life. Let's make sure that we have that sin out of our life. Hear me, quit playing with that sin. Quit playing with that sin. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us and to help us. Let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins to come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'll do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you are a Christian, I feel like the need here lately to explain a little bit more. We prayed that prayer to cover everybody in the house. But if you're a child of God and you need to repent, it's simply, Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. I am your child. Forgive me of my sins. And I'm going to do better. Help me, Holy Spirit. And that you don't have to wait to get here on church, to church to repent. You can do it right when the Holy Spirit convicts you. As a matter of fact, you should. Now, man, we fixed to write down some, we fixed to get the, the angels of the Lord that keep record to write down some stuff in the book of deeds. 
I'm telling you, I'm, let's this week look for ways. Let's wake up Monday morning and say, Holy Spirit, what you got for me today? You will be surprised how you'll start feeling this and touching that. Could be even Christians. It doesn't have to be all. I'll share this in closing up. In our RV, me and Patty are moving out of the RV. Man, we're going to miss it a little bit. And um, had a Christian brother that was all divine connection came to the RV to fix the air conditioner. And we always share the Lord. We do more sharing the Lord than we do than he fixing what needs to be fixed. And he was talking about this pain that he had. And I said, man, well, let's just pray. You know, we don't have to be told to pray for the sick. The Bible tells us, right? Man, we just begin praying. And um, he said his neck felt better um, uh, before he left, you know. And, and so uh, we didn't get a complete healing, but we were leaving. But what so unusual that it happened, as I began to pray for him, he's like, he started going back in my kitchen. If you know about an RV, you don't have much room in the RV. And um, he said, okay, Lord, I, I, I hear you. And then he went down on his knees because the power of God hit him in the kitchen of that little RV. Now, I'm not saying that's me. I'm saying that's God. And what will God do for you, through you, if you just open your hands and say, God, use me? So I'm going to ask it before we pray the final prayer. Would you open your hands like this? And I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord. If this is in your heart, don't do it if it's not. But if it's in your heart, ask the Lord to anoint these hands to be used by him. It begins in the heart, we know. You're committed to the Lord, though you have the Holy Spirit in you. And Lord, I'm asking that you would anoint every hand that's open that wants to be used. I pray that they would even begin to feel the weight of your glory in their hands as you use them. Give us opportunities this week. Lord, we want to be used by you. I'm so thankful that your word doesn't say you have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't even have to be evangelist to be used of you. You said these signs will follow them that believe. That in your name, Jesus, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover that they could cast out devils. <laughs> I thank you, God, that only requirement is for those who believe in your name. And Lord, use us, use us, use us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now let me bless you. God has been good to us this morning. Would you raise your hand? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.